Everybody needs a river One that they can call their own Treat her right and she'll deliver A peace of mind that's seldom known She can drift just like an angel Like the devil run like wind I can't help but sit and wonder When will I see you again? Won't you keep on rolling mighty river? I don't you slow up on account of me Until the next time that I meet you I hope that you remember me I think I need a river right now <laughs> Go swimming yeah, maybe to go swimming. I could, I could drink about a river's worth of water, too. It's not that hot. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually not. It's We don't have any humidity to make us sweat. It's yeah. Like, I, well, I spend... no, it's, it's what I realize is we are we do sweat, but then it evaporates right away, so we don't realize it. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I mean, normally I'm drinking like a couple gallons of water when I'm working outside, and yesterday I worked outside all day, and I hardly drank anything. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I had it available. <laughs> yeah. Know? It hasn't been as bad as I thought it would be because of the low humidity. The worst thing, working outside wasn't as big of a deal as driving to Marion with the work fans, air conditioning not working. <laughs> yeah. With the <laughs> That doesn't work. <laughs> no, that wasn't too good. So um, before we get into our actual show, this is not the show. This, this is, is our pretend show. Yeah, this is us um, preambling. Sidebar. <laughs> Energy Solutions. This is from Illinois Country Living. It's an, a magazine that's put out by the Electrical Co-ops. Duck ceiling saves on cooling bills. Huh. And that's not the ducks that everybody do in, what is it, Facebook. Huh. You know. right. <laughs> yeah, it's not duck face. <laughs> Many homes have duck leakage of 25% or more. Now, if you think about it, if you had a 25% leak in your water pipes, you'd fix that. Yeah. But for some reason... You know, the number one energy user, people don't fix the, that, that leakage. So this is an article. Um, we all want air conditioning, and we all want it to be affordable. That's a paradox. Now, although it isn't much we can do about the electrical rates, we can keep our energy use affordable by using less or making our home more efficient. You have two choices. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I know some of you are thinking that you've heard this before, and you probably have, but have you done anything about it? Have you made your plan? I mean, now it's, like, really hot. It'd be a good time to crawl under the house. <laughs> yeah. Like, usually when I think about crawling under the house, it's, like, in the fall when I'm not so busy, and there's usually moisture under the house, so it's not very nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... TV or radio interviewers often ask, what is the most important thing to do to make a house more energy efficient? Well, every house is different. Every need is different. But years of experience have taught me that almost every home has central heating and cooling that has leakage in the ductwork. So the most important thing is seal up the ductwork. Now, don't buy that cheap tape that you tape things because the tape actually comes apart. Hmm. Buy something called Mastic. It looks like gooey Play-Doh, <laughs> and it comes in a, you know, a little bucket, and you, know, you can put some plastic gloves on, and you get to play with Play-Doh, 
and go around and seal up the leaks underneath <laughs> the place. Yeah, now I'm picturing Mission Impossible style, like climbing through the ducts. You've got this, like, it looks like plastic explosives, yeah. but it's domestic. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, a little can that's hooked to your belt, a little bucket. It's about, a, I don't know, about a gallon bucket. And you just kind of bump it along, and every once in a while you open it up and you pull a little goo out and slip it. Yeah. And just it's, don't <laughs> hook the fuse to it because that. Yeah. That would be good for your energy efficiency if you, you know. blow up the ductwork. And basically, this goo mastic, once it dries, it's like as hard as. I was going to say concrete, but rock, (laughs) (laughs) which is even better. So um, you can go really fancy and have, you know, somebody, how professionals do it is they pump um, smoke in and then they could see the little puffs of smoke coming out the holes. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, you could start by just being, having one of those really fancy detectors called your hand. Yeah. (laughs) And feel where the air comes out and seal the biggest cracks, at least, you know. Mm -hmm. Um so again, the majority of homes have about a twenty-five percent leakage, and so I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I did that to my home, and well, I had a professional come in, and they put a pressure tester on it from without crawling underneath. They just put it on one of the ducts, yeah, and sealed off the ducts, and they could see how much leakage there was based on the pressure test of the ductwork, and so I didn't have to crawl around. So you could start, if you are on Ameren, they have a $50 energy um, survey. They come in there. Um, that does not include the actual pressure test. That's extra money. Yeah. Um, but you can have a professional come in and do it. Um, unfortunately, I'm not a professional. I don't have the, what is it? I don't know, about $5,000 piece of equipment to do <laughs> yeah that'd so be nice i just crawl around under my house and look for leaks or <laughs> feel for leaks yeah look with my eye hand <laughs> so all right now that we've talked about being hot we have no intention of ever talking about heat again yeah <laughs> we lie <laughs> so at least not for the next five minutes <laughs> what should we talk about Let's talk about Gaia House. Yes. <laughs> this is news and has been news in the community for a little bit. Um, community center in the center of town. I like to call it the heart of the community. Mm-hmm. It is right on in the middle of the university and the town. And uh, Gaia House, you know, is the house of the world. I mean, both spiritually and, um, well... I am involved with the Friday night dinners, and so, you know, feed the body, soul, and mind. And people come from all over the world and interact with each other. Yeah. Almost like it's like the world. Yeah. It's like a little microcosm of the world. <laughs> it's just like, so um, people learn about nonviolence, spirituality, social justice, the environment. You know, it's almost like a home in the middle of Carbondale. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, it's kind of designed like a home, too. It's got the living room upstairs and kitchen downstairs. <laughs> so we will talk in the happening section about a few things that are happening there tonight. Friday is kind of a hop in time. But the thing in the news that we're talking about is Guy House, for the first time ever, is calling on the people of the community to become members and and help out. Yeah. Keep the place alive. So. Um, if you would like to become a member, go to ourgaiahouse.org slash membership. Yes. <laughs> Is it .org or .com? Or uh, it's both, actually. Oh, okay. 
Because it is an organization, but people sometimes just type in .com. Yeah, people just do got .com sometimes, so even organizations usually get that too. So, <laughs> um, It's a place where people meet people from all over the world, different cities. Um, I think my favorite story was um, when uh, Leela came into one of the dinners. Literally, she was a new student, and her mom and her were just driving around town, and she saw people, and she said, this is a weird-looking building. <laughs> I need to find out what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> and she came in, and it happened to be during um, InterVeg, the vegetarian dinner on Thursday. And her mom, like, looked around and said, I would have no problem having my, you know, daughter come to school here with a community center like this. <laughs> yeah. And that was, like, her literally first day in town. Her first day in town, yeah. They were just coming to visit the town to see, I think, to see if they were wanting to come to school. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so you were part of a. Uh, we should SIU should know that guy house is part of recruitment. And I mean, she is actually went as far <clears throat> as buying a house in town now. So yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. The first time I went to uh, guy house, actually, it was called the Interfaith Center still uh, instead of Guy House Interfaith Center. And uh, they Howard Lyman, who had spoken on the Oprah Winfrey show, uh, he had gotten Oprah. He was telling Oprah about factory farming and how destructive it is for animals and the land. And she said that she wasn't going to eat red meat anymore. <laughs> so I she remember that. Yeah, she got in big trouble. She got sued. Uh, and so because of the controversy, he started touring the country and going to all these little he places. He came here after he came Oprah here. show? Yeah, he came here after Oprah. He's like, okay, I was just on Oprah. I got to get over to Interfaith Center and tell them all <laughs> what happened. <laughs> and I, my brother saw a flyer for it. So my brother was going to school here at the time, uh, which is the reason I went to school here. Hmm. And... I went to the events, and there were cool people there, and I kept going back. <laughs> huh. There'll be cool people there tonight, even though it's hot. Oh, yeah. They'll be keeping it cool. <laughs> yeah, just like... So, um, the when we get to the happenings, we'll talk about the theme tonight. They're actually not cooking inside. It wasn't on purpose, but it's 4th of July, so what do you do? You barbecue. Yeah, barbecue. Or, you know, grill. <laughs> yeah, grill. <laughs> outside. The definition of a rich man is a kitchen outside and a bathroom inside. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see what else we've got going on uh, these days. If you would like to keep track of what we talk about on the radio show, you probably should sign up for our newsletter. We send it out every week. Um, if you would like it, send info at yourcommunityspirit.org and we'll add you to the newsletter list. We try to synopsize the news on the air but if you want detailed articles and links to any of the articles we talk about well you're gonna have to get on the newsletter list yeah otherwise you can just go to yourcommunityspirit.org to listen to us again hmm. if you missed anything or you know if you just want something to put you to sleep <laughs> so yeah occupyupdatesdaily.blogspot.com anyway I've noticed an interesting trend, and I feel it needs to be mentioned. I get my news through a variety of sources. Although I tend to cite major corporate media sites, I see news on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media sites, and then I search for it in the news. It's an easier way to look for stories after I find something out. But there's been something disturbing happening. Last week, corporate media sites began reporting that the United Nations, the UN, was after the U.S. for not treating protesters properly. The UN claimed that the U.S. was ignoring human rights. Last week, the corporate media began blatantly and completely ignoring Occupy. 
I figure it was like any other time, hmm. you know, where the corporate media just got tired of writing about Occupy and would be back to writing about it soon. You know, they aren't. You don't believe me? Just go any and pull up any search engine and type in Occupy and then specify news. <laughs> then look at the major stories, not the one that are just continuations of another story. There aren't any right now. I mean, this has been over a week. And so literally there's this corporate blackout, um, corporate media blackout of Occupy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they got nervous when people were drawing attentions to human rights violations. <laughs> not that the, uh, not that anyone in the U.S. would ever commit uh, human rights violations against U.S. citizens. <laughs> that never happens here. Now, do you think I, I'm being sarcastic there? Oh, right? okay. I was gonna, <laughs> just to be clear. I'm I, just completely ignoring you. I mean, like you're going crazy. Um, do you think the corporate media is doing this as a media backlash against the U.N. saying? Because, I mean, there's literally been a lot of articles about, you know, um, in the mainstream media about police brutality. And, I mean, they've been pretty honest yeah, about they, reporting the stuff. They were covering it for a while. It, it yeah. is possible because one of the things a lot of people don't know about the, the corporate media is that their information is a lot more centralized than it looks. You know, like you see these hundreds of different, like, little radio stations and different TV channels. It's the Associated Press. It's just all on the yeah. newswire, and they all report on the same yeah. story in opinion pieces, you know, right? Like yeah. us, I mean. They just do their own spin-out. Yeah, <laughs> like us, you know. Well, we, we get ours from different places than they do oftentimes, but uh, there's, there's, there's a few think tanks that put out these messages, especially the conservative ones like Fox News, some of the others. They're getting all their news from Did one place. you call them a think tank? <laughs> they're, they're, they're fueled by think tanks. <laughs> That's like calling me a think tank. <laughs> I was just like, I think, and I'm built like a tank, so I'm a think tank. <laughs> a think all tank. right. Yeah. So it, it is interesting to notice these trends. Anytime you notice that the corporate media is suddenly all talking about one thing or not talking about it, it's probably because someone at one of these think tanks decided it's time to change the dialogue. <laughs> So let's actually report on some Occupy news. Yeah, we're oh. breaking the silence. <laughs> okay, yeah. So some of the news. Uh, Oakland Mayor uh, Jean Kwan is being called out again, this time for misstating facts about city crime rates and locations. Kwan apparently picked an undisclosed 100-block radius in the city and declared it to be the crime hub, stating that it included 90% of shootings and homicides in the city, too bad for her that the actual numbers uh, definitely don't agree with her, as crime is actually dispersed throughout the city, and the most violent 100 blocks only account for 17% of it. Quan uh, has been citing these incorrect facts for months now, along with several others. Her fictional crime plan, as the author of this article calls it, is not actually helping to defeat crime. Now, I mean, that seems to make sense. If you're getting the statistics wrong, then your plan to deal with the statistics <laughs> may not be that good. But I mean... It's like if I said, oh, we get the most rain uh, on, like, over Turley Park, you know. So we need to, like, put up tents over Turley Park to be sure. Why put up get... tents? Let's plant a garden there. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I mean, you do know that 40% of statistics are made up on the spot. Oh, uh, yeah. I thought it was 37%, but yeah. No. Well, I've seen the bumper sticker. It's 40%. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's like, it's like, I mean, 38% of the time I make up what I say. Yeah. But, um. In other news, the HSBC Holdings Banks in Hong Kong has filed for eviction against Occupy Central. But the protesters still aren't leaving. The bank has filed suit against the group and several other people, citing 
that they are waiting for the outcomes of the case to decide what to do next. Some of the occupiers haven't even heard of the lawsuit yet, but when one asks, say they aren't giving up on their holding place. Hmm. Um, this is from the North Jersey News. So. Hmm. In other news, Haitian police are fighting protesters thanks to an eviction stemming from government plans. The government wants to evict roughly 400 families from their homes on the hills of Port-au-Prince, saying that living in such slums endangers lives. Protesters believe they're being targeted because they are poor and have nowhere else to go. Government has blocked development plans to build new homes for the people. In the clashes with officers, one person was injured after flaming barricades were used to hold police back, who responded with tear gas. I've noticed this trend of, like, you know, evicting homeless towns. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of these, you know, homeless places just sprung up overnight. And, you know, they are an eyesore because people are just literally camping out in places that aren't really camp outable. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, they come in and they're like, oh, this is an eyesore. Like, swipe them out. And then what do they do? Then they have these, you know, homeless people now all over the city instead of one central place where they can help them <laughs> yeah so well and that's that's it's, it's not like they disappear no they don't disappear and if they don't have some other option then well, what are they going to do they're just going to create another camp eventually <laughs> you know they're saying you know these are unsafe living conditions which is probably true but then if there's no other option what are they supposed to do just disappear well what they do is they spread out and yeah. hide in the bushes and stuff and yeah, I mean, even less safe options at times. Yeah, um, there's an actual homeless camp over by Murfreesboro in the woods there that has about ten or fifteen tents, and people you know live there. They live there near the gas station because they have access to you know water and stuff. And you know, about once a year, the police come in and you know clean it up and swipe it clean, and then you know people start moving back in because that's the only option they have. Yeah. So. Um, all right, let's get to the news. People are a bit preoccupied with the health care decision that uh-huh. happened this week. I heard about that. But might have overlooked an even more groundbreaking decision that is in very important to environmentalists. The Court of Appeals upheld the CAFE standards. That's the fuel efficiency standards, notwithstanding pressure from oil producing and refining states in the chemical energy and mining industry opposition man that's a lot of opposition yeah (laughs) this was um 34.1 mile per gallon cafe standards for 2016 right around the corner yeah upheld by the u.s court of appeals the 2012 2016 corporate average fuel economy or cafe standards mandate reaching 34.1 miles per gallon by 2016 a number that many big players felt was too high this led to a challenge in the court all the way to the U.S. Court of Appeals. Now, one of the things that I've noticed very interestingly is the companies, you know, automakers who don't fight these hmm. are doing a lot better in their stocks. <laughs> yeah. You know, the green companies, the companies that don't just talk about being green, the ones that make fuel efficiency vehicles, their stock is doing pretty good. Yeah. The ones that didn't, let's see what happened to them. Oh, wait, we had to bail them out. <laughs> yeah. Now, why we don't, we, the people, own <laughs> a big portion of the big three automakers? No, that's uh, that's how I it mean, could have worked. No, I mean, it's <laughs> like, why couldn't we have mandated them? Instead, it, we, the people, c- 
create, you know, through the CAFE standards, an energy efficiency standard, and then the, the automakers say, no, <laughs> we'll spend all this money fighting it when the people want it. <laughs> they want vehicles that are more energy efficient. Yeah. Just like. Yeah, because they, they save money from the energy efficiency, you know. Uh, and also, some have environmental concerns. <laughs> Not that we would know anything about that, but. <laughs> so, and the interesting thing is, this comes from the Detroit News. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a good article coming out of Detroit about. Um, I mean, literally, they had to fight the major industries, including the National Association of Manufacturers, and then the whole state of Texas. So. Yeah. And also, I mean, this might get challenged down the road too, but part of the plan down the road is 54.5 miles per gallon by 2025. Now, that will be impressive if they stick to that. I'm still, I'm still somewhat unimpressed by this 30-something uh, standard, but it's better than what we've got. Why are you unimpressed? Oh, because you get like <laughs> 1,000 miles per gallon? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just like... <laughs> Depends on a gallon of, of what I'm, I'm eating or drinking. <laughs> it's like... How about the next one? I think you would enjoy okay, reading that one. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's about veggies. Can veggie prescriptions really make people healthier? With all the talk of taxing and banning the foods and the sodas and certain sizes of sodas that are bad for us. Yeah, instead of banning things, promote things. Yeah. And subsidies for healthy foods can be very effective at changing eating habits. Uh, you could also look at it the other way of not stopping to subsidize unhealthy foods. Uh, yeah, and we're learning even more about how well this approach can work from an innovative program designed by the nonprofit Wholesome Wave called Fruit and Vegetable RX. As the name might suggest, the program provides low-income people who don't have access to healthy food a doctor's uh, prescription plus vouchers uh, that can be used to buy fresh fruit and vegetables. Uh, J Jane Black reports for the Washington Post on Washington, D.C.'s pilot project version of the program run by local nonprofits in conjunction with a health clinic. Uh, on June 6th, the clinic began writing fruit and vegetable prescriptions to help cover the it cost of fresh produce. but it's just yeah. like, I mean, a lot of those uh, food voucher programs are now starting to say, you know, you get a higher, you know, you know, this, like, I want to say like 30% of your food vouchers can only be spent at farmer's markets, for example. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean... Think about it. I mean, if you have food stamps, you can go and just shop just at the the easiest and most local place, which is the convenience store. Yeah. You know, that's you can get chips, Twinkies. And, <laughs> chips and candy bars and soda. There's actually, n you know, nothing of value. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, people. That stuff doesn't have value. It's It's sold to us to satisfy our cravings, but it doesn't really have anything of value in it. Yeah. And I'm going to go out right now and buy a bag of chips. So yeah. Now I, it's clicked that craving thing in my head. Yeah. Those advertisements work. Yeah. Well, and the cravings are hard to break. Uh, uh, the hope with this program, though, is that a medical endorsement of healthful eating plus cash to buy ingredients will help families make real changes to the way they shop and eat. Early data suggests that such programs do exactly that. There's also anecdotal, anecdotal evidence that these kinds of programs can lead to healthier lifestyles overall. And that's a good thing. Uh, Michael Lamke implemented the program in poor rural community of uh, Skowhegan, Maine. And in 2011, 76% of patient families attended sessions at the clinic at least three times and made 10 trips to the farmer's market, spending more than $5,000 on fresh produce. 
Uh, so this program is inspiring families to embrace other aspects of healthful lifestyle. Uh, people get their friends to join the program. Uh, some people start going walking more. You know, it, it does encourage healthy living. And I'm actually, uh, I'll say that myself, I'm trying to eat a little more healthy now. For a while, I was eating purely for weight gain. So I would eat, you know, <laughs> anything like, you know, junk food, like, you know, heavy, lots of pizza. I'm trying to eat the more. The American diet. The standard American diet. Did it work? Uh, it, it actually did help me gain weight. You know, I've got anecdotal evidence that the standard American diet makes you gain weight. <laughs> so uh, now that I'm uh, at a more of a weight I want to be at, I'm starting to mellow out a little and eat more greens, more, you know, other healthier foods. And I'm also jogging every day. So did you did you start feeling, like, sluggish? I mean, um, gaining I think, weight, but... I think a little bit. I mean, that's actually part of why I think I realized it was time to switch diets was for a while... I wasn't eat feeling sluggish. You know, I would eat a whole pizza and feel fine. And I'd realize I must have really needed that, that protein and that grain, <laughs> you know. But then now I would, I'll eat, like, half a pizza and I'll just sort of lay back, like, food coma, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, maybe I need to eat something green now. <laughs> so we have from the U.S. Green Building Council their Green Home Guide, 15 green projects for under $500. If you would like the detailed um, description and links to each one of these projects, please email info at yourcommunityspirit.org. <laughs> Number one on the list of under $500 green projects is build a clothesline. <laughs> Next to your refrigerator, your dryer is actually the biggest energy guzzling appliance in your house. So... Um, if a clothesline seems like too retro, think solar dryer. Yeah, solar dryer. <laughs> just like I've heard some people sell those in little plastic bags for twenty dollars. Yeah, like a line and a clothesline. <laughs> Next one, add a tube type skylight. I like to call them tubular skylights. It's like yo, dude, my house went tubular. Totally tubular. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> if you have a place in your house that needs natural light, you can put a tube type skylight. Um, Basically, it's just a sun tunnel that brings in the light. Um. Let the sun shine in. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Do we want to get to holidays then? How about we just go? Th yeah, let's. Um, yeah, if you want the whole fifteen top green things you can do for under five hundred dollars, please email us. Um, the one I really want to do is create a rain garden. Oh yeah, creating a rain garden—that's a good one. So. Holidays. Yes, holidays we have coming up. Uh, we've got uh, on, on Saturday, we have leap second adjustment time. A lot of people don't know this, but we've got leap years, but there's also occasionally a leap second, uh, like a second that we have to add or subtract. And that's coming up on Saturday. It's also National Handshake Day. Ooh, it's National Bomp Pop. What's that mean? I don't know. Bomp <laughs> Pop. I don't know. <laughs> um, Sunday is the second half of the New Year day, meaning we actually made it halfway through the year. No, that doesn't matter. I don't know what that means. <laughs> second half of the New Year day. It's the solar eclipse on Sunday. Anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg. The first postage stamp. The first U.S. zoo. The anniversary of Medicare and the anniversary of zip codes inaugurated, not huh. all on the same day, because that would make no sense. <laughs> that would be a crazy first, day. <laughs> first postage stamp and the zip code got created on the same day, but <laughs> different years, but same day. 
All right, yeah. Uh, Monday, as, as we were talking about earlier, uh, that does relate to that holiday you were saying, because it's the halfway point of 2011. And, uh, it's 2012, though. Yes, 2012, you're right. It <laughs> says 2011 on here. <laughs> uh, if if we're at the halfway point of 2011, we've got problems. <laughs> uh, it's also the UN International Day of Cooperatives. There you go. Tuesday, the literally for the whole month, it's Air Conditioning Appreciation Day and Compliment Your Mirror Day. <laughs> uh, what a nice clean mirror. <laughs> stay, stay out of the Sunday. Wednesday is the 4th of July, otherwise known as Independence Day in the United States. It's also Independence for Meat Day. <laughs> and the anniversary of America the Beautiful song published. Maybe that's why they picked 4th of July. <laughs> I always wondered why they picked that date. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's the anniversary of the first time the song was published. <laughs> sure, it couldn't be the other way around. <laughs> I don't know. Why'd they pick us? You know, there's. I haven't heard that there's actual. And in Zambia, it's Heroes Day. <laughs> yes, and then uh, coming up on Thursday is the anniversary of the bikini. Huh. So it's going to be warm enough outside that there might be people wearing bikinis. All right, let's get into some happenings really quickly. We've mentioned Guy House a few times. Um, on Fridays, there are a few things that happened. There's open mic at Gaia Cafe starting at 6 p.m. This week's theme is the early 4th of July. Um, bring your favorite songs about freedom, independence, revolution, liberty, or just stop by. And the reason why the open mic at Gaia Cafe is going on is because Rice and Spice downstairs is happening. Rice and Spice is a participatory slow food dinner. So starting at 6 o'clock start cooking food and some people come and then they realize that they have to cook food and don't want to <laughs> or just you know want to take a break from cooking and so they go over to Gaia Cafe and have a drink and listen to you know someone at the open mic or get on the open mic themselves yeah <laughs> I heard last week people from three different countries play together yeah I was on a guitar one guy was on I don't know what it's called it was like a guitar drum combo from India, and then the third guy was from Bangladesh hmm. on a drum, and they played together. Yeah, it was really good. I was just like, and they've never played together before. Yeah, they never played together, and where else would you see a combo like that, you know, other than at Guy House? <laughs> so, open mic starts from 6 to 9, international slow food dinner, uh, also 6 to 9, and then at 9 o'clock, it is um, lessons for salsa night. And um, this week, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, a good friend of the salsa community is moving back to Michigan. So, uh, so like, her whole family is planning to come and say goodbye to her at Salsa Night. So, um, That's coming up tonight. Yeah. Otherwise, there was one more thing. Oh, can you see Meet Your Local Produce or I'll read it? Oh, yeah, you can go for it. Neighborhood Co-op Grocery... Saturday at 3 p.m., meet your local produce. Get a chance to meet a couple farmers. And um, I, you do have to sign up for the class. But, at the, but again, it's Saturday at 3 o'clock at the Neighborhood Co-op Grocery. Yeah. It's a good way to celebrate early the International Day of Cooperatives. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then 
Also, tomorrow from 8 till noon is the farmer's market. Get out there, get some fresh veggies. Get there early because <laughs> things do disappear quickly. And then also get there early because I heard it's going to be hot or something. Yeah, rumor has it. <laughs> so um, we will see you again. Yes. Next week on the radio, we will see you. How do you see, see someone on the radio? <laughs> With our magic radio powers. No, we need to get little bobbleheads of <laughs> us that people can put on the radio so they can <laughs> see us on the radio. That would be good. That could be a DBX fundraiser. No, I think people would pay to not <laughs> pay have it. Pay to not have it. <laughs> we'll go door to door. If you don't want one of these, give us a membership pledge. <laughs> All right. We'll see you again. If you would like to listen to us again, yourcommunityspirit.org.